Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but before we get to that, we have to tell folks about our own film. It's called Tiny Dancers. It's streaming on Prime Video. This is a comedy we made about an exotic dancer who gets arrested for drunk driving. And then for community service, she ends up training a group of kids to compete in a regional dance show. It's kind of like the Mighty Ducks meets Bad Santa with a little twist of dance moms. There you go. But that's uh, that's our feature film. It's called Tiny Dancers, and it's streaming right now on Amazon Prime. So let's get into Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is the uh, the fourth entry in a series that began back in 1984. That original film, of course, it starred Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson as ghost exterminators working in New York City. Yeah. Are you a fan of the original Ghostbusters? I'm not. I mean, it's a little corny. I mean, it's a little misogynistic. I mean, the the, the effects are lame. I mean, it is like puppets. It meets. was made 40 years ago. I understand. So this is before computers. I get it. But maybe it was a little little before its time. You think the effects are lame? Yeah. Like they, they don't age well. They do not age well at all. Okay. <laughs> But I do love this, you know, the Marshmallow Man. He's always favorite. He's one of my favorite ghosts. Yeah, I would argue like a lot of the effects do hold up. I mean, that whole sequence with the Stay Puffed Man, uh, I mean, a lot of that is miniature work. I think a lot of that holds up pretty well. I mean, you know, certain effect shots, I guess, show their age. But there's a lot of um, just practical work, you know, kind of like blended into live action photography. You know, I mean, the mid 80s was a weird time for special effects. Computers didn't really start taking over till the 90s. Well, that and, it, and in order to bring up, you know, together this god, like the key and the door had to have sex. We got the key master and the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper. And they have to have sex in order to bring, they have to unite and in order to bring this god, goddess, god, whatever to Gozer. Gozer. Gozer the Gozerian. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> corny. Yeah, you know, I'm going to disagree with, oh, that, yeah. with that take. But um, no, I mean, this is a movie I grew up with. You know, I watched it on VHS as a kid. I mean, I wore that tape out. And keep in mind, I never saw this as a kid. I just saw it before you made me watch this movie. That wasn't the first time that you seen it. That was the first it. time I've seen it. A week ago. A week ago. Mm. So maybe I would have had a different perspective if it was, if I saw it when I was a kid. You know, like I do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that with Shredder and the and the rat. You're talking about the first Turtles movie? Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, that's kind of around the same time as Ghostbusters. I get it, but I, I never... Ghostbusters was your never... mom. Your mom never handed you like a VHS of Ghostbusters, no. or put, put go- it was never on TV when you were a kid. No, I mean not that I remember. <sighs> okay, yeah. So didn't grow up with Ghostbusters. Um, for me, it's a gratifying movie because it, it's it's a part of my childhood, and when I watch it now as an adult, for me it still holds up. Like I'm still laughing. You know, I mean Ghostbusters is a comedy. We we agree on that, right? Yes, it's a comedy with a couple of scary parts. I, I think there's. Some people who debate that, like whether or not it's a comedy. It's definitely a comedy. You have SNL people leading yeah, the cast. I mean, they're, they're joking. They're quipping. Good cast. The score is yeah. definitely comedic. Bill Murray's like raunchy jokes with, you know, the neighbor. Oh, yeah. With Susan Sarandon. You mean Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> wow. See, that's how much I love this movie. You just watched it. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> Okay. So then there was a direct sequel in 1989 with the same cast and crew as the original. I'm assuming you haven't seen that. Sequel. I did not see that. What do you think about that one? I remember seeing it in theaters as a little kid. Yeah. Loving it. That movie does not hold up. Yeah. The the sequel is just kind of a retread with less jokes, more special effects. Yeah. So it becomes more of a special effects movie. It's, it's just not as funny or as fresh as the first. It's It doesn't hold up. I will say I'm glad I watched it before going into the movie in, yeah. that we just saw in theaters. I kind of insisted. I'm like, you if you did, haven't seen yeah. it in a while, like well, you because, need to watch I mean, it. it. It It's kind of like continual. Like it's a continuum. It, it continues the story. Yeah, this new movie is... I would have been so lost if I didn't see... The original first. The new movie is is very much kind of like a direct follow-up to the first. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we should also touch on, you know, in 2016, there was an all-female reboot. Yeah. Which was not well-received. I know you and I, we saw it in theaters. Yeah. I think we went with an open mind. We did. Um, my memory is that we were underwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, okay. So. You've got some funny ladies in there. Yeah, some funny ladies, but they, they did, did not go with the storyline. Like Gozier, like it was not the same. Well, they're doing something original. They're doing something original. I guess, like within a reboot. But yeah, but it's like a new it, villain, new ghost. It would have been kind of cool maybe seeing one of the, you know. You would have um, preferred if they went the Gozer route. Yeah. Interesting. Or like like the the in between of the all male like the 19 the 94 movie. Yeah. 84. Uh, 84 movie and then to now. Like there there's stuff in between. Like maybe Ackroyd and Bill Murray like they're the ones that trained and you know you mean like have them another Ghostbusters? Have them reprise their original characters? You mean and instead repri- of doing cameos where they're playing well, unrelated not, people? I'm not. Well, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So I don't know what that was. I would have preferred like maybe Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Like they wanted to recruit another set of Ghostbusters so they can retire. Right. You know, and and have them be I a part that was, of that. I think for a long time. I mean, Sony has been trying to make a Ghostbusters three. I mean, ever since part two, I, yeah. I mean, all through the 90s, I mean, it, various cast members kind of were supposedly attached and unattached. I think at one point, you know, there was a version with like Adam Sandler and Chris Farley, like those guys. And yeah, I think the idea always was like, get the, you know, legacy characters back for like supporting roles. And yeah. they're kind of like mentoring a new group of Ghostbusters. Exactly. So I, I, I think the problem was Bill Murray. Like he was always holding out. Like the script was always then, not then good enough. Don't bring him back. There were there were other Dan Aykroyd, and there was the other guy. I mean, you could argue like Bill Murray is 
like the core success of that first Ghostbusters. I, I mean, I get it. Without Bill Murray, like, eh. is it? Because he looked he's looking pretty him. old, and in, in the oh, movie. He's, yeah. I mean, he's been around. <laughs> the man. <laughs> I mean, they've all. Ernie Hudson's looking sharp. But I, I mean, that's the only thing that I, I will say is like they could have brought back. I mean, just even Dan Aykroyd. And they brought them back in that female Ghostbusters. Yeah, but not they in, were playing unrelated cameos. Yeah, it like, was dumb. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that movie. It just it feels you know ill conceived and it's just not as funny. It was just interesting that the roles be. were reversed. You know, there, like, there are things that work about it. I mean, I've rewatched it. There, there it has its moments, and the girls have chemistry. They there do. are things that work. I think there's a lot I think, that doesn't. I think the girls tried too hard to be funny, and that was my issue. With like it. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just tried. It's like, a love it or hate it kind of performance. Yeah, she's. Just, I mean, it's just so forced in comedy. It's a little, yeah. Instead of it being natural. To me, it reads a little forced. Other people love her, her shtick. But yeah, that movie was not successful enough to like, to breed more down that line. No, it was not. So that's, that's why we're here today with another reboot, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, and so on this this latest film, it's directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman, of course, big director in the eighties with movies like Stripes and the Ghostbusters movies and Twins. Oh, so the son is oh, that's kind of cool. Is it? Is the the dad died? Has he passed away? He's a producer on this film. I'm sure he had a, a heavy hand. Oh yeah, a big time heavy hand. Yeah, and, yeah. There's definitely I mean, a heavy hand you know, on this, this is, film. This is nepotism, which is weird because you never see that in Hollywood. Oh no, never. They're always giving out opportunities for hungry talent, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> okay, that, that that's a completely different. <laughs> we're off topic, and that is a different. It's a strange issue. It's a strange thing, but I do I want to talk but about it Jason is cool Reitman. in the sense that, you know, you can always say son and, and the dad shared this, you know, from a family perspective. Yeah. I'll say this about Jason Reitman. He's made a name for himself, kind of independent of his dad, with movies like Thank You for Smoking, Juno, Up in the Air, Young Adult. Oh. Those are all like pretty solid. Those are all great movies. Yeah. Original, kind of mid-range adult movies. I mean, he's he's made some turkey since then, Tully. But for a while, he seemed like the type of filmmaker who would avoid franchise type movies. You know, like those types of movies I just mentioned. Like that's that's a totally like original kind of lower budgeted he route. He probably only did this because of his pops. Well, I, I mean, like I've said, like Sony's desperate to get to get Ghostbusters back on the ground. So yeah, there's a lot of spoilers in this movie. Most of them are in the final act. We'll try and keep things kind of free of spoilers. But we're going to reveal some things. So if you haven't seen it and you want to go in completely pure, come back after you've seen the film. And um, so this movie kind of opens with a prologue where we got Egon Spangler. He's trying to trap a ghost on his farm near the Shandor Mining Company. Yep. And for any hardcore Ghostbusters nerds, the name Shandor should ring a bell. (laughs) Uh, From the first film, we learned in that movie uh, that Evo Shandor was the architect who built the skyscraper where Sigourney Weaver got possessed. And he also became a cult leader, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, in this prologue, you know, he's trying to trap, Egon's trying to trap this ghost and he succeeds. And then he kind of hides it under a floorboard. And then another ghost kills him, gives him a heart attack, I think. Is that what happens? Well, it's a little unclear what's going on in this prologue. That is kind of the gist of it. He, the ghost, goes into his the it's, ghost like 
It's not even clear that it's Egon. Pinning him down on the chair. And then something happens and he dies. So, I so mean... Like, pulls up through the chair. Yeah. Similar, similar like the first one. Yeah. And it, it, was made it, look, it made it look like he had a heart attack from, you know... The ghost. Yeah. The ghost made it look... The ghost killed him, but made it look like a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's not even clear that that's Egon... I think the movie, like, in that scene, it doesn't make it clear, but that is Egon Spangler. It is, yes. Then this movie kind of shifts focus to Egon's daughter, played by Carrie Coon, and her kids, Trevor and Phoebe, played by Finn Wolfhard and Grace McKenna. And it's kind of played as a reveal that they're even related to Egon. But it's pretty clear that, I mean, with, like, the daughter's hair and her glasses, (laughs) it's pretty clear that, like, Egon is their granddad, Mm -hmm. these kids' granddad. And since he's died, they've inherited his kind of decrepit farmhouse. Yes. In the middle of Oklahoma. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It really is like one of those small towns that, you know. And their house is totally just a- out in the middle of the boonies. Yeah. It's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like for a solid hour, the movie is just them kind of getting acclimated to their surroundings. Yeah. We meet the kids' teacher, Gary Gruberson, who's played by Paul Rudd. Trevor has a crush on one of the girls at school named Lucky. And uh, we meet a kid named Podcast. Podcast was, a, was a good character. Uh, all these kids, they eventually become our new Ghostbusters. Yes. Is, is the deal. But it takes a while. Getting there. It just, I mean, that is one of the things that I will say, like, okay, speed up a little bit in, in the beginning and, and kind of cut certain, it feels like there's, certain things. There's definitely, definitely some stretches that yeah. could be tightened up. But yeah, the movie kind of slowly builds out a mystery for these kids to solve because the town gets like regular earthquakes despite not being on any existing fault lines. Yeah. So that's kind of a mystery that unfolds. And, you know, honestly, going much further then that would probably go into spoiler territory. I mean, there's a ton of spoilers for this movie. whole lot of fan service. Um, but overall, you really liked it. I did. I, and this is so surprising. My expectations for this movie was really low. I didn't even really want to go see it, to be you honest You don't even like you. the first movie. No. So are that, you tempted to maybe give it another rewatch? No. I'm good. <clears throat> but this movie, I really liked the main character, the girl. The girl. Um, I thought the mama was a little like Carrie Coon. I, I I mean I get that you know at the top she, of the film they're getting evicted. Yeah, I they're mean getting I, kicked out of their home. I get that she's got daddy issues, but come on, not telling your kids, especially your daughter who is very much like your dad, and not telling your kids where they come from, like it, it just doesn't make sense to me. She's got a lot of bitterness with her dad. I guess her dad, the Egon, just abandoned her. Yeah. But the dude is fighting ghosts, right? Like he, He's saving the world. He can sense the apocalypse. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. And so, yeah, we find out that these earthquakes, they're coming from a trap that Egon has set inside the Shandor mine. And basically, it's like the undead rising from a gateway under the earth. Yeah, so somebody's trying to raise up all these Gosar. All these spirits. All these spirits at once. It's like an apocalypse. And so... He set up these proton he's, blasters he's to stole, zap them back he down. He stole all the proton blasters from all the other Ghostbusters. He st- okay, yeah. He stole the gear from the other Ghostbusters. So there's bitterness yes. from the other Ghostbusters. All of the traps were gone. Like he stole, uh, he stole everything. And he went to this little town in Oklahoma and knew what was going to happen, knew what year it was going to happen. And he set up everything. How did he know all that? The year was on the wall. I think I remember this. Yeah. And so, yeah, he sets up this trap. And that's the sound of the earthquakes. Like when the the spirits are getting blasted by the proton uh, blasters, that's what's creating the earthquake effect. And yeah, and I guess later on, there's a scene where um, Paul Rudd, he gets... Let's introduce Paul Rudd. So Paul Rudd... Was Gary Gruberson. Yeah. (laughs) Gary Gruberson. Oh, my God. So he is he is one of the teachers at the school for the kids, and he is a seismologist. So he is there measuring the earthquakes, not understanding what the earthquakes are. And he forms a bond with Phoebe, right? Yeah, because... Both science-minded. They're both science-minded. I guess apparently it's a small school. Nobody really cares. And so he puts on <laughs> he puts on movies. Remember he put puts Chucky. on slasher movies to on- entertain the kids, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's a good kind of runner. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is definitely Chucky. I forget what the other one was. And then, and then the girl goes, uh, Phoebe. Yeah. she goes back into his office and looks at the charts, and he he realizes Paul Rudd realizes how smart she is. And then, not to mention, I think him and the mom had a connection. They, yeah, they they get a little spark going, and there's also a plot thread where it's clear that there's like a ghost in the farmhouse, and that turns out to be Egon, kind of like guiding them in the direction. Yes. Which is a nice little thread. That I mean, is a I, nice I like that. Thread. I like that. You know, keeping him invisible is yeah. is fine. And so, yeah, there's a scene at, at Walmart where like Paul Rudd gets possessed. <laughs> well, this is probably it's a totally I, empty Walmart. Somehow, this is probably one of my favorite scenes because they have the mini Garshmallow Man. <laughs> like that was just awesome. Yeah, like, it reminded me of something out of like Gremlins yeah. when they're like like biting him and like jumping around on the floor. And then, like, they're they're making s'mores out of each other. It's kind of a fun scene. And then, like, he runs out and he gets possessed by Zul, like yeah. the, the dog. Yeah. It's not really clear. It, they don't even make it clear from the first one. Like, how are these dogs possessing people? Because, like, in the first movie, you see, like, Rick Moranis. He's up you against the eaten. wall in the restaurant. They get eaten. Or but like, they're still human form. Like, they're possessed. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they... Like, the dog's consume them yeah and then takes their form yeah you think that's it yeah yeah that's probably right 
so yeah, that scene happens. And so Paul Rudd, he ends up possessed. And so we're kind of going like fast towards the climax here. And Carrie Coon also gets possessed. Yeah, the mama. So they basically become the Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis of this climax. Where was Mick, Rick Moranis in this movie? The like, man is retired. I understand. As far as I know. It's okay for actors to retire. It is. Sometimes it's sad. It I want is. to keep seeing them. I want to keep seeing Gene Hackman. So yeah, so Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, they're possessed. And this kind of uh, leads to the return of Gozer. Yep. Gozer's back. Gozer's back. And from she, outer space. She's played by Olivia Wilde. I thought that was good. That's not bad casting. It's not bad casting. That's not bad. And so, yeah, like the climax kind of leads to like th- this whole standoff happens in front of their farmhouse, and Gozer's there. And, you know, we got the two dogs. So we have that going on. And the kids are, like, you know, going up against the Ghostbusters. They're getting their Obviously, ass kicked. Obviously, there's a lot of shenanigans that happen between you them bet. and there. So, you bet. like, you know, we're just getting to, like, the nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of ignored the whole section with Muncher. I know. Muncher like the, the first Ghostbusting yeah. scene. That, that might be, like, my favorite scene. Might be that because, like... Muncher is the only original ghost, and he's not that original. He's just like a variation of Slimer. Yeah. But like Muncher is the only like new thing in this movie. And there's like yeah, like a whole sequence where they're chasing him around town, and all and they're like learning to, all the he equipment wants to do is munch. He's not yeah. bothering anybody. I like new stuff. That's yeah. one thing I'll give the credit to the the female Ghostbusters. They put new ghosts they in did. there. I mean, the villains weren't great, but it was new stuff. It was new visuals. You mean Thor wasn't a good villain? Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't even him. It was like some like janitor yeah. type who gets possessed. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, not great, not great, but I enjoy, yeah. Like putting new things in, you know, like, I mean, we've already done the whole Gozer, the Gozerian climax, but we're here. We are doing it again. And so the original Ghostbusters show up, all the living Ghostbusters show up. Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, they're all there. They're in their suits. They got the proton packs. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's fan service, but I'm into it. I like seeing the original guys. And they start helping the kids out. And then we get a CGI ghost of Harold Ramis. Yeah. Who passed away. R.I.P. Of course. I mean, the Uh, man's a legend. In real life. What year did he pass? 2014, I believe. 2014. The man is a legend. Yeah. I mean, he he wrote the first two Ghostbusters. So he, along with Dan Aykroyd, they created this whole concept. Uh, Just a legendary comedic talent. I mean, directed Groundhog Day. Uh, I mean, Harold Ramis is the man. I don't need a computer bringing back his corpse. (laughs) It it really. For an emotional climax. I don't need that. Yeah, I mean... That's, that was nuts. <laughs> like, I'm like, am I seeing this? It could have just been... I, I mean, he could have just shown up and then just like been like his... his. Just imply that his spirit's there. That's what yeah. you're doing in the, those other scenes. Or I thought like, that was kind of a nice touch. Like the spirit of Harold Ramis is kind of guiding these characters. Or just like cut and then just have like the, the scene where his spirit goes up into the sky. You know, and so we know that his, you know, final business is done, is complete. We have that emotional thing where the mom saw the pictures in his secret lab. So she knew that she was always on his mind. And prior to this moment, the movie's laying it on pretty thick with the Harold Ramis stuff. But it's it's okay. Once they visualize him like full figure standing next to these characters. I know. (laughs) 
it is, it's too much. Like that is, I don't know if that was, It's that must have been Ivan Reitman. It's kind of like the Star Wars movie that brought back some, that brought back another dead um, actor that was in the original. And it just wasn't. It's, mean, it's it's always CG, weird. It's weird. It's weird. I mean that that was doing it, I guess, for like a plot reason. Yeah. This is doing it for like strictly for like tugging on those to strings. tug the emotions to like manipulate you, and it was really just way too much. The whole movie is dedicated to Harold Ramis. The whole yeah. movie feels like a, a tribute to Harold Ramis, yeah. and that's great. And so yeah, that happens, and they defeat Gozer. They defeat Gozer. So Egon was building like the traps and everything in his house was a big old trap for Gozer. And so that's how they ended up trapping Gozer was in all of the different traps in his yard. He had set traps like out in the cornfield. Yeah. And I guess you, it just needed like the power of all those traps pulling it, at the same time. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah. Because she, she is, or it is a god of death or like Hades pretty much. I am. Um, I'm not crazy about the idea of like completely just redoing the climax of the original. Because it really is like the exact same climax. You got Gozer. You got the minions. You got the Ghostbusters. It's the same climax. I mean, in the original, we're on like a Manhattan skyscraper. And this one, we're just in front of a farmhouse. That's kind of a trade down in my book. But I guess what I would have preferred, like if we're going to go down that that route, like we're bringing back Gozer, we're bringing back the dogs. I mean, have that lead to like another big bad. Like don't have Gozer be the big bad. That's just a redo. We've already been down that road. We've already unleashed Gozer. We've squared off. That's, I mean, that's my personal I get what take. what you're saying, but I would have preferred something Gozer new. comes back, it tries to come back every like 20, 30 years. And so, I mean, that's according just, to this movie. According to this movie, yeah. The, all I'm saying is like, I mean, I can get, I can roll with the fan service of bringing back Gozer and the dogs, having characters get possessed by the dogs. We're going down that route again, but have it lead somewhere ultimately new. And this movie doesn't. It just it leads right into the past. Yeah. For me, that that was that was an issue. Although having the original Ghostbusters back in their suits and their characters, that was a nostalgic thrill yeah. for sure. Like that will always be a nostalgic Every, thrill. Like there was so many people that were clapping. So yeah, I have. A, I guess I have a lot of mixed feelings towards that climax, and I guess towards the movie in general. I mean, it's kind of like a cynical mashup of like an Amblin kids adventure, like Spielbergian eighties kids adventure mashed up against Ghostbusters movie. And what makes it ultimately work, I think, are the characters. The characters are great. I mean, good characters will pull you through. Personally, I would have preferred just like an original big budget kids adventure movie. Yeah. Like a Super 8 or something. Like leave Ghostbusters out of it. Just give me like a kids adventure. You're like, no. No. <laughs> I also, I mean, just, I'm, I'm nitpicking. I don't love, I guess, the change in genre because we, this is a series that started out as a comedy, even the all female version. It was an adult comedy. And then this is more like a kid's. This is a drama. Like PG 13. This is way more dramatic. It is way more dramatic. There's not Not much comedy. Even Paul Rudd isn't that funny. But the tone is is much more serious, and that's I just I associate Ghostbusters with like wisecracking dudes or women. I mean, I guess that's why they brought in podcasts for the humor. He was cute. 
And then, like, <laughs> one of the best, best uh, parts of the movie was he's got his podcast and he's got, like, one follower. And it turns out to be Dan Aykroyd being his follower. <laughs> Uh, that character, so, yeah, yeah. Podcast is, was a fun character. Yeah. I mean, give him a real name, I guess. Don't call him Podcast. But he's podcasting all the time. Like, he, so let's just he, call him Podcast. That's his nickname. That's what he wanted to that's be. That's what called. he calls himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Anyway, so what would you, would you, how would you rate this movie? I would probably give it a B minus. I would give it an A minus. Sure. Yeah. Would you consider this a good date movie? It's not bad for a date. I actually wouldn't consider this a good... I mean, I'm actually neutral on this because it is more of a kid's movie. It's not a date movie per se. It's not for... I don't know. It's good but for... The, but the tone is serious. Like, yeah. there's there's scary moments. There's humorous moments. There is a little love story with the, the son and think, the other ghostbuster. I think it's okay for a date. I mean, probably yeah. not for like two 50-year-olds on a date. But yeah. I mean, maybe like, you know, 30 and under on a date. Yeah. 25 and under. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, nostalgia. Yeah, that, that that's certainly a part of it. Yeah, I, I feel like this movie will play pretty broadly. I, I do too. Yeah. I mean, this is what fans wanted. They didn't want well, the Paul Feig version, although... I mean, I guess I prefer this over the the female oh, Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, I definitely did. I definitely did. Right? Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still working out my feelings on this because there's a. I mean, there's a lot of fan service. Like, short of dressing up as a Ghostbuster, like I'm a pretty big fan of yeah. Ghostbusters, and so like some of the fan service definitely worked for me. Some of it felt like overkill. Um, I, I really want studios to make original movies. <laughs> So I have like a hard time really endorsing this, but the characters kind of worked for me, and a lot of the a lot of the story it does it works kind of worked for me. And I'll tell you, so like it's a, it's a soft recommend. A lot of my Facebook folks who've seen this movie already, they and adults, I mean, they love it. I th- yeah, like I said, I think it will play well. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by Jason Reitman. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye. Just a walk some more. I think you better come.